Shall we begin? Hello everyone, my name is Deshopat Dohetsi. Welcome to another episode of the Differential FPL Podcast. But this day, today we're doing something different. Um, we've done this a few times. This is where we discuss different other topics um, that might have happened in the Premier League this weekend. And to help me discuss today, we have we have um, Shola. Hey, Shola, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, going well. You seem yeah. to have forgotten my name for there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to forget. Well, don't mind, sorry. Um, and also with me today is Alex Obiche. Alex, big man. How's it going? How, how, you, doing? how you doing? How you doing, bro? Thanks I'm for having me again, bro. guys. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and um, we're supposed to have Wahala here, Namdi, uh, but he's not here right now. But maybe he joins us before the end of this meeting, of this podcast. Sorry, sorry, I've been in so many meetings this day. Everything <laughs> <laughs> is a meeting this day, you know. But um, to start off today, um, in our review, what we're going to review is we're going to review the um United Brentford game, Arsenal versus City, um, Brighton Liverpool. Um, Burnley, Chelsea, and Luton versus Spurs. Um, we're going to start off with United versus Brighton. Brentford. And, oh, sorry, Brentford versus United. And uh, United finally got United finally got a a win this weekend. United finally got a win this weekend. Um, and and it was a good turnaround because they were losing that game, uh, one nil. Um, Shola, how did you view that win for ETH? Was this something that went really well for him? Um, for, think, for him and the side, pretty much. Well, I think this was a very, very, it's it, it potentially a very important win given the situation. Um, you know, already losing four of our first, what, eight games that we've played now, it would have been a disaster going into the international break, losing five. Um, I mean, I don't think we played our best, but I don't think we were that that bad as well. Um, I think the, our problems really came in the final third with breaking Brentford down because Brentford were very resilient. But you know, at the end of the day, we found a way to put two in stoppage time, which which was good. So I think for me, I, the hope is that it's just that this might be the lift that we need to just kick to kickstart our season and um i think also the i think why it's potentially very important is also the manner and the win and the fact that it's right before an international break because we're expecting at least four players back from injury after the international break where they say malasia might be back um Mainu might be back varan will be back um so those are just some of the ones I can think of off the top of my head that there's rumor that should be back after the international break. So it's good to start having these players. If, there's also rumors that Wambisaka is back in training. I don't know how true that is, but you know if we can start getting our regular defenders back, that can really help. 
Mm. There's so much, so many, so many backs there. I feel like you guys are like Bakasi boys now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's just back, 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 back. I mean, um, Alex, listening to what he said there, uh, do you feel like that United are back, or did they just get very lucky? I mean, they did the same thing against Nottingham Forest, if I if I'm not mistaken. They they got a nice comeback win there, and you know they went on to lose. Only God knows how many. Sorry, not only God knows how many, but uh, you know they went on to lose quite a few games and obviously went on a bad run. So what? How do you feel about that last minute goal? Did it just paper over the cracks? Yeah, hundred percent. And Shola is not gonna like what I'm about to say, but I just have to keep it real. I think United were very, very lucky, and that result, all that result did was save ETS's job for a few more weeks or months. I don't know if United will sack him. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. But in terms of the game and the results, United were poor for ninety minutes, and actually looked decent for six minutes. And for me, that's not good enough. And if they think that's what's going to turn around their season, mm, I think they need to think again. The the only the only positive that I think Shola and other United fans can look at is the fact that it's an international break. So from a morale standpoint, you go into international break with a good result. So you would hope that ETH can use his two weeks to really get the boys going again bring back some players who, who are injured, like he said, Malaysia, and see if they can take that result into the next few games. The reason why the reason why I think it's papering over cracks is for a number of reasons. The last six minutes, if you really look at that game, there was nothing, there was nothing strategic to what they did. They almost just it was just all hands on deck and McTomin was just in the right place at the right time. The problem with that is your next game, Shalal, you've now got a problem because guess what? You almost have to play McTominay. And we all know United fans don't really want him to be a starter in that team. So if McTominay coming in, one of your big boys will need to step out. And and it's not now McTominay coming in for one or two games till he, till he looks shit again, then you take him out. You know what I mean? Like United would have been better off if it was a player like Mason Mount scoring those two goals because you know, okay, boom, he's settled. Now we can get the real Mason Mount. But McTominay scoring those two goals is just McTominay scoring two goals and what's going to happen next game? He's probably going to be back on the bench. Then you're back to the default setting. So I don't really see any any momentum building apart from morale boosting. So all no, and I've, I've now come, I've somewhat gone around in circles there, but longer short of what I'm saying is I think it's just paper over cracks. I don't see United doing anything. Yeah, I'm, I actually think you've actually listed out some very, very good points. You know, um, like you said, there, McTominay is not somebody that they even want to be in the in the club right now. You know, I'm sure it's part exactly. of Shala's list of you know every season United have have this long list of players that they want to, that they want to leave the club, and it's so funny. The person that assisted McTominay, uh, Maguire, he too is Maguire. on that list. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you have two guys that you guys don't want anymore scoring the goals. And yeah, a lot of you had, you know, a lot of you were a bit giddy about it, you know. But, uh, Shola, what do you think about that? You know, were you guys really just lucky? Oh, no, I'm not even gonna deny that we were very lucky. Like I said, like, I don't think we played great, like, especially in the final third. Like, we had no ideas in the final third. Like, yeah, we had all this possession, but in the final third, we were really, really poor. So that's why I'm saying that, like, 
I'm not going to say, sit down here and say, oh, this is a turning point because I don't know, you know, I, but I'm just saying that, like, that's the hope that, you know, the, the manner in such a win, that it's because it's such a morale booster to go in, into an international break. Because it kind of reminds me of um, the last game we played before we went into the World Cup against Fulham. It was, we were on we were on the verge of a poor results. And then Garnacho shows up at the last minute. And we went into the World Cup with such a, with such a boost. Because I think we had had a few bad results prior to that game. You know, so yeah, are we playing great? No, I'm. I'm not. I don't expect that. All of a sudden, we're gonna stop bowling or anything. I don't expect that. But I feel like the positive from this is that it can be a huge confidence booster. Like Alex said, with morale, like this, it, it might just be the lift that we need coming back from the international break. Because I think who do we play next? If I'm correct, I think we play Sheffield United next. I think our next run of games, like I think so um apart from Man City, who we play after Sheffield United, but we have like um Sheffield United, Luton, Fulham, those kind of games. And those are games that we would expect to win. Okay. So well, I mean um, sorry to cut you short, but just real quick. Um you're yeah, expected to win those games. Um can Unana make it safe? Can I make it safe before yeah. we before we move on from United, you know? But um, Onana, I was just going to quickly correct something that Shola said very quickly. Yeah, go on, go Shola, on, I don't think you should be. Yeah, I don't think you should be too happy with your fixtures, you know, because your next few games are not as easy as you think. So you've got Sheffield United away, right away. Then after that, you've actually got Man City. Yeah, I know. Home. Then, then on the back of that, you've got Newcastle, obviously in the AFL Cup. Then Fulham away. Oh, so, I, mean, I was talking uh, strictly Premier League. Okay, strictly Premier League. They've got Sheffield yeah. United away. Yeah, Sheffield, uh, Man, Sheffield Man City, City. I think Fulham, Fulham and then Luton. Yeah, so it's, it's a mixed bag. I mean, three out of four of those games we would expect to win. Let's be honest. But you're yeah, away. Let me ask you one question. When at home or away, <laughs> come on, Sheffield United and Fulham. Shall I, shall I, if if if, if um, ETH fails to win the next four, Games, do you still yeah. have a job by the, by the time you go on the next international break? I honestly, the way it sounds, it sounds like they, they're not really trying to sack him. So, yeah. so, as long as from, all, from all indications, like they're not trying to sack him. I don't okay. believe, I don't believe he should be sacked, regardless, because I so believe you should, that you, should, you, you should need to give your time to do what they want to do. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So I mean, Alex, Shola is saying that he doesn't mind this guy collecting L. The more L, the better. As long as no, I'm not saying I don't mind it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know. Why, why, why would I? Why would I want us to collect L? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I mean, Alex, same question to you. Do you? Yeah, think I don't think. Yeah, you, I don't think those. I don't think they will sack him, even though even if they lose a couple of games, he, he he'll be, Yeah, he'll be he'll be under pressure, and he should be. But I don't think they would simply due to the fact that I think United are at that point now where come rain or sun, they'll just want to give someone a chance unless it gets really, really bad. But I think for now, they'll, they'll ride it out. I just don't... I'm, I don't share Shola's optimism in terms of them winning the next few games. If they were at Old Trafford, Shola, I'll, I'll be a little bit more confident. But the the 
so-called easy games are away, and in the Premiership, there's no gimme. So I wouldn't. It's, it's it's a tough one. And going back to my original point before we leave this topic, and McTominay, where where does he stand now, Shola, in terms of him pushing for first team spot now that he's got a brace? Do you sign? What? Honestly, Max- I don't think so. Um, with McTominay, McTominay is a funny one because, like I said, he's one of those that I feel we should move on despite his heroics. But you know, fair enough. He comes on, he does a job, which is nice. You know, so far as you, so far as you're wearing the shirts, I'll support you. But like, like what I'm saying, I mean, yeah, Alex, you make the point that these games are away, but. To Alex, if you put if you on if you ask anybody, are you expected to win these games? The answer is yes. The only game that we're not expected to win in our next four is Man City. Now, will we win those games? That's another question. But you can't tell me that a team like Manchester United is not expected to beat Sheffield United, Luton, and Fulham home or away. I- I'm sorry, I'm not having that. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, Fulham might be tough this season, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how much you're having when you collect your L's, or if you, if you collect your L's, <laughs> if you collect your L's. But um, we can move on from United. Um, next up is Liverpool versus Brighton versus Liverpool, and Alex Brighton this weekend. Uh, that first half was, I mean, United Liverpool managed to score two goals in that first half, but it must have been hard watching. Brighton toss you guys around. Okay, I want to I want to correct a few, a few um, errors that I've been seeing floating around social media. Yeah, the Brighton Liverpool game wasn't all one sided as a lot of people have made out to be. I'll give you a few stats. Shots, Brighton fourteen, Liverpool fourteen. Shots on target, Brighton three, Liverpool four. Possession, Brighton forty six percent. Liverpool fifty four percent. We we again we beat them in passes, pass accuracies and whatnot. So I think it's a false narrative for people to say, "Oh, Brighton tossed us around that first half." And I tried to correct you before we went live on the podcast. The first twenty minutes were tough. I get that Brighton had a possession. They looked like they were playing good football, but they didn't create much in that first twenty minutes. And I actually attribute it to the fact that we changed setup, formation, and personnel. If you if you if you know over the past few games we've been going in midfield, supposed like Curtis Jones and McAllister. But this game, due to the fact that Curtis Jones was suspended, we had to bring in Harvey Elliott. And that that changed the dynamics of our game. We didn't actually play 4-3-3, we played 4-4-2. And it just wasn't working. Sometimes that happens. I had a feeling that Klopp was gonna do that. And again, I had a feeling it wouldn't work because it's Difficult to bring in have the Elliot to come in on that right hand side and then the away game against Brighton that kicked the ball very well. But anyway, it took us about 20, 30 minutes to find our to find our rhythm. And when we found our rhythm, I think we we're on top. We we, we went in halftime, two one up. Second half, we're still on top for a bit. Then Brighton came back into the game. So it, it was it was a weird game in that regard. I think both managers were respecting each other too much and were and it's almost like we're trying to see who can play out of the back better. So pretty much most of the goals, the first three goals, came as a result of teams trying to play out from the back. Um, yeah, in terms of the result overall and where that leaves us, I wanted us to win, clearly. 
But away at Brighton, a draw is never a bad result when you look at it on its own. The reason why it feels like a defeat is, is because we lost the previous week, which that right. makes it one out of six. Oof. I mean, shall I, I mean, before I say anything else, shall I, what, what do you feel about that? Do you feel like Liverpool got lucky there against Brighton? Honestly, um, I think a draw was a fair result because um, both teams had opportunities to win the game. Um, Gravenberg, but, but, but sorry, one thing though, before before we, before you say something else, um, I know it, it looks like a draw is a fair result, right? But should Liverpool, as you know, the way they are constructed and the manager that they have, should they be looking to get a draw away against Brighton? Shouldn't that be a game where Liverpool should be winning outright? Of without course, you? of course. I mean, I'm, of course, that's what I'm saying. Expectations are always different from reality. That's the same yeah. point I was making earlier. That mm-hmm. you have ex- certain expectations, but reality is different. Because you would expect Liverpool to beat Brighton, regardless. Let's, let's call it what it is. Because Liverpool yeah. are, on paper are deemed to be the superior team. Right? And Brighton did have some new starters. They started that guy, his name is, is it Baliba? Baliba, yeah. Yeah, they started Baliba, Igor. And even, to, to be honest, they had the Adingra guy, he actually had a very, very good game. You know, uh, if you look at some of the stats from Adingra's game, it looks like he actually had a lot of success against Liverpool. You know, both in attacking and defensive um, um, areas of the pitch. You know, in 100% of his tackles, had more dribbles. He, sorry, he matched Salah for dribbles. The only person that had more dribbles than him was Mitoma, who obviously didn't score. I don't even think Mitoma came that close, to be honest. But he didn't. It didn't, yeah, yeah. But looking at that, looking at the game and even the interception to take the ball away from McAllister, you know, um, VVD was that a poor pass from VVD, Shola? One hundred percent. It was weak. You know, it, you know, it was a weak pass that Adingra was easily able to just capitalize on because, I mean, you can say it was a weak pass, and at the same time, you can say McAllister should have anticipated the danger and gone towards the ball. Mm-hmm. So you can you can you can put the blame on either player, right? But yeah. you know, so it goes both ways. It yeah. really goes both I, ways. I, I want to just add to what Shalaj just said, and I, and I agree. And this is the second time VVD is doing it this season. He did it the second game of the season against Bournemouth. He sold Trent a bit short, and and that's how Bournemouth scored. Uh, although we still won the game three one, but this is the second time he's doing it. And again, it goes back to this whole playing out from the back. VVD's style is very, as you all very know, he plays in a very nonchalant manner. Like, I'm better than you. I don't really need to try too hard. I don't really blame McAllister for that at all. And to your last point, I think it's VVD. Yes, McAllister could have maybe swiveled a bit better and whatnot, but that pass wasn't on for him at all. So VVD giving him that pass there was was wrong. And um, we, and we might end up talking about this, but I think it's, it's got to the point now where in our away games, we can't play McAllister as our sixth. I think that's probably what's going to cost us this season. Um, we we can talk about it now. We can talk about it after we talk about the game if you want. But yeah, I just want to bring up that point. I think McAllister needs to start being played in his favourite position. He's not enjoying that sixth. And we're seeing it now. When we play against good teams, he's getting caught on possession and whatnot because that's not really him, that deep-lying player. He can play it at a stretch but that's not really what he wants to do. He wants to be playing as an 8 or even a 10. He's got a 10 on his back, for God's sake. 
<laughs> but um, looking at your squad, do you actually have anyone that can play the six right now? Yes, we've got we've got two players that can play the six. Unfortunately, mm. one seems to be out of favour, so that's Endo. We bought Endo, and Klopp gave us the big talk that, yes, he's good, he's this and that, but I don't know if Klopp is just trying to get him to adapt or Klopp has just seen that, nah, he's not good enough. You know, you know, it's one of those... But that guy's like 30 now. What's he adapting to? I, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's probably <laughs> one of those ones. It's probably one of those ones where you see you, you, see, you see the chick on Instagram, she looks banging. You see her in real life, like, nah, 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 nah. So Klopp probably saw clips of Endo and thought, yeah, this guy is, this guy is, the, is, the, is the Japanese ma- uh, makalele. And it's come true and he's like, nah. So who knows? But I'm hoping that as bad as he is, in my personal opinion, he should still play in the six ahead of McAllister. So yeah, he can play the six because that's his position. And we've got Stefan Bajetic. Unfortunately for Stefan, he's got another setback in terms of his injuries. No, he was out for a long time. He came back and played one game, injured again. But we're hopeful that after the international break, he'll be back fit. So between those two players, they should hold down that sixth position. McAllister is just doing it on a, I'm just, I'm just holding it for you until you guys come back. That's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, I just pray that club doesn't see McAllister as our six for the rest of the season because if he does, we we're gonna struggle. All right, fair enough. Um, I could take that. And um, just going back a little bit to um something you said earlier. Um, you mentioned VVD, and um, Shola VVD this season he has actually been a little bit better. He has defended it, much more better. Not a little mm-hmm. bit better, a lot yeah. better. Come on. All right, fair enough. Let, let let me say a lot better because last season it was ass. You know, so but <laughs> but VVD right now, uh, we you always talk about his aura, and um, I guess this is a good segue into the Arsenal City game. There was another defender that played against uh that played against City, and he had Haaland in his back pocket. I don't think he has even released him yet. Saliba, you know, and um, with the way Saliba has defended for the last one year, especially since January this year. Um, Arsenal lost lost the title when he when he went away. You know, I feel like you know if we had a good a better replacement for him, we would have done better there. But that's the that's the talk for another day. Looking at the way Saliba is playing now, right now, looking at the way VVD is playing right now, do you feel Shola that Saliba has overtaken VVD in that position <laughs> of top defender in the league? For one, at least when you look at the top five defenders, do you feel like Saliba is above the VVD right now? Currently. Oof, that's a tough one. I don't think it's that tough. But what well, with the way VVD has been playing, I'll say yes. Because um, you know, ever since I don't know if it was you guys I was telling, but last but last season, right? Last season, you know, I said it that I see Saliban, I see a young real Ferdinand. Like, that's the player that he reminds me of, like, in terms of their game, the way, how calm and composed they are, how confident they are on the ball, their speed. So, I mean, yeah, so right now, in my opinion, he's probably the best centre-back in the league at the moment, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't think you'll find many that are better than him right now in the league. You know, and he's he's showing it. His importance in Arsenal is growing day by day. You know, when he was out injured, we saw we saw it. We saw the impact that he had. Um, obviously, Virgil Van Dijk is, you know, as much as I like to troll him, he's a top player. He's a top defender. 
looks much be looks looking like the Virgil Van Dyke we know, but obviously he's not played as well as Saliba has played over the last 18 months. All right, fair enough. I mean, Alex, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, no, days I, ran over. <laughs> I, I, no, I'll, I'll be honest, and I, I agree with Shola. Yeah, I think, I think over the past 12 to 18 months, Alibur has been better, has been better than Van Dyke. So, no, no issues there. But I think there's a lot of context that people tend to forget when they, when they pour these comparisons up. Salibur has been playing in a very steady back line. Yes or no? The answer is yes. Zichenko, Gabriel, Saliba, and more often than not, White. That's, that doesn't change. He's got, at the very least, one protector in front of him. It's Party or Rice. Now, look at VBD. Every weekend, he's got a different partner. Again, no fault of his, but I just got to be honest and lay everything on the table. Today is Matip, tomorrow is Konate. Sometimes it's Trent's right back, sometimes it's Gomez. Over the past 18 months, he's hardly played with a DM, let's be honest. Because Fabinho and Hendo have been asked. They now will play with McAllister in front of him. So when you add, when you put all these things together, you now almost look and say, is it all his fault? He's like I said at the very start, he's got this style, this lazy style in terms of how he plays. But Van Dyke raised the bar so high that now, yes, he's not at that level that he once was, but he's still, and I think Shola alluded to it, he's still a top defender play at a very high level. But because people almost expected that uh, Van Dyke, people are not really paying attention to that. So any little error that happens, even if it's not him, but it happens next to him, oh yeah, Van Dyke is ass. So and, and it's normal. So we're in the age of social media and whatnot. I just want to make you guys understand that listen, it's not all oh Van Dyke is poor because trust me, we take Van Dyke out of our defense and we will look poor. So he's still holding that defense together. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues around personnel, lack of personnel here and there. But long and short to answer your question, at the moment, Saliba, Saliba looks better and kudos to him. I think you guys have a very solid foundation there at the back. And yeah, more grace to your elbow. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I would just like to add to what you said as well. I know you mentioned quite a there were, there were good points there, you know. He doesn't have a protector, you know, he doesn't have that one person that, you know, that uh that you know that he plays with every week you know it, it's completely it, it changes all the time and that's true you know though and you did mention one thing as well that vvd raised the bar so high you know but when vvd raised the bar so high shall i if i'm not mistaken liverpool fans wanted us to chop that dodo you know we were like we didn't yeah but we, they wanted us to chop that dodo you know so uh, but, but he was on top though, Demon, for like three years. That's yeah, but that's, that's, like, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing. You have yeah. to remain on top regardless of who is next to you. Do you understand? So while I can somehow take it that, yeah, he's had a few players that are not that good next to him and he hasn't had that stability that yeah. Saliba has had, I can also yeah. argue that Saliba just started in the league as well. So, you know, Saliba really shouldn't be this good if you're just adapting, you know. Yeah. So, I, I I get your point. I get your point. And this is something that will not go away. Don't worry. As concerned yeah. about I know, but you, I know, but you know, you know, B, BBD won the league with Gomez. BBD won the Champions League with Matip. So mm-hmm. it. So if you think about it, he's carried that defense with two different partners in two different Fair competitions. Enough. So Fair you enough. got to give it to him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. His greatness was just not that long, Sha. If like a, like a two <laughs> two pop guy, let's get up two seasons. Pop up. I'm done. 
So, okay, you know. so, what, so, 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 what, so why are Chelsea fans making too much noise about Hazard? I'm sure you guys have seen on social media today because Hazard yeah, is retired. Everyone's comparing Hazard to Salah. And meanwhile, yeah. Hazard was on top four three years, max four. Anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> I, I, will, I will argue that one well. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be comes there because even that one that you said he was on top, I don't think I, 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 Hazard was more than was the best player in the league for more than one season. I can't remember. I agree time. with you. I can't, I can't I agree remember. with you. I have you to go back what? and look, but I, I remember a time when Hazard was the best player in the league for more than one season. You know what? Um, as much as I love Eden Hazard, I think I will agree with you because to be fair, um. You know, at first, when there was people were saying that oh, Hazard is not a top 15 player, I was like, What? How can you say that? But then I thought about it. I'm like, You know what? There are a lot of players that are put ahead of Eden Hazard in the top 20 players of all time. Like, Eden Hazard, for don't get me wrong, there are very, very few players I fear when we're playing them. And Hazard was actually one of them. Hazard, Henri, Salah are three players I can come off the top of my head. That anytime we play them, I am legitimately scared. Mm-hmm. So, right? yeah. So, but to, I don't, will I put him in up there as the greatest of the greatest? Probably not. Because, like you, like you said, he wasn't at the top for for a long for a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. Went yeah. to he went to he went to Real Madrid, got top heavy, and you know we didn't see him again. So I mean that's that that that's hazard for you. And uh, speaking a little bit more about you know this Arsenal victory over Man City, um, Shola, the noisy neighbors came in and basically you guys have been shy since since Fergie left co- when compared to to them. Um, uh, looking at that win for Arsenal, what what does that win mean for Arsenal? Does it look like Arsenal are on, on track to pretty much unseat Man City from their top from their top of the table reign? Well, I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, first things first, I have to just say Declan Rice was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's the and kind of six that um, Liverpool need. And Leona doesn't leave me alone. <laughs> and Shola's daughter is with him a little bit. And, you know, yeah. we'll come back to Shola while, while Leala is on the phone there. But, um, Alex, Rice, yeah. you know, he, he had a fantastic game against Man City. You know how how why why wasn't Liverpool interested in this guy and how did you feel how did you like his his performance this uh, I love yeah, yeah. I love rice I've oh see I just finished eating rice now in fact trust me I've I'm, <laughs> was it right, party right, rice right. <laughs> nah it was it was it was right white rice and stew <laughs> anyway no anyway on a on a on a serious note I think <clears throat> Declan Rice is an incredible footballer I've said that from the very beginning. Uh, there's another football group that we're in, obviously, with, with one of our friends, Dele, Dele Balogun. I'm calling him out now. He's one of those <laughs> that, kept, that kept saying Rice is just another Henderson, like very limited. And I disagreed then, I disagree again. And I'm glad that he's showing people levels. I've always rated him. I wanted him in the summer when, when I kind of knew that we were going to get a six. Declan Rice was my first choice because I think he embodies what a top team needs. Like, he stays fit. He's hungry. He's a leader. He can actually play ball. So I think that's a great sign by Arsenal. And against Man City, he was he showed levels, but I'm not surprised because to be fair, he was playing against Kovacic and Lewis uh, Rico Lewis. So he was expected to boss that game, which he did. Then to try and answer the question that Shalal was going to answer in terms of where that leads Arsenal, 
um, is 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 eight games in. Like we can't we can't draw conclusions after eight games. But to your last point, it's a step in the right direction because if if there was ever a time to beat Man City, it was now. They had no Rodri, no KDB, and Man City looked like they were on the ropes after losing to Wolves. So you yeah. guys, you had to beat them, and you did. So what that also does is, is it helps Arsenal and it helps the rest of the league because now all of a sudden other teams will be looking and saying, you know what, we can beat Man City, and that's what you, that's what we all want. That's what Arsenal, Liverpool, Man, Man United want. We want other teams to also believe that they can beat Man City to make the league competitive. So yeah, kudos to Arsenal. That's, can I just add one more thing? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Please, um, please, I please. think. You know, as much as it is a step in the right direction, um, I think this is. I'll just also reiterate a point I've been making for about over almost two years now about Rodri. You know, you you guys, I see you guys know I explicitly said it on our group. I'm eighty five percent sure Arsenal are going to beat City because Rodri is not available. Because Rodri leaves a huge. People might not see it. But he leaves a huge hole when he's not on the pitch. Absolutely, a big hole. People don't people don't appreciate the what he brings to that team. You know, I like, think they do now. Like for, I think they do now. To be fair, for me, without KDB, I think City are fine. But without Rodri, that's where it's a problem. It's hmm. no coincidence that all three games they were suspended, they lost all three. And the one he was the one he was fit for, they won against Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, um and speaking about DMs, um, we could talk we're gonna talk a little bit about um uh, Chelsea with their two hundred million um pound um DMs. Well, one is a DM, one is a CM, Caicedo, Enzo. Their next opposite opponent is you know Arsenal that we just spoke about. And um, I could stay with you here on on this. Um, I watched some of the highlights of um, the Burnley versus Chelsea game. And when you watch that Chelsea attack, the fact that Chelsea have a speedy attack, could that play to their to their uh, strengths um, when they face these big teams in this run that they have, starting with Arsenal? Because you know these big teams, they like to leave a lot of space in behind. Is that something that Chelsea will be will be looking to exploit? And could they get favorable results? Who's that question for? Is that for Shola? Oh, Shola, so Shola, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was about to ask. Is that for me? Um, <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's definitely something they'll be looking to exploit. But I think, um, my opinion about Chelsea is that I think recently they get they're looking better and better week by week, but not significantly, but incrementally. But I think, um, Chelsea's um, Chelsea's season really really depends on Raheem Sterling's form because when Sterling is playing Chelsea look good when I mean when he's playing well that's what I mean when Chelsea, when Sterling is not playing well Chelsea don't look good and um uh, um Alex Sterling was a former Chelsea lad you I said was a former Liverpool player you know do you share those assessments as well on Chelsea and and Sterling I do, I do. Uh, in fact, I was going to make the exact same points. Anytime I watch Chelsea, when I don't see Sterling, I actually don't, don't, don't fear them. I don't rate them because the the guys that come in are the likes of Modric and Matson and some of the other some of the other chaps. 
those are decent players, but they should be playing for Crystal Palace. They should be playing for Brentford. That's the level. Sterling is a baller. Obviously, he's not prime Sterling anymore. He's at that point now where he doesn't have the same speed or powers and whatnot. But still, he's, his pace alone provides them with some indifference. And anytime, like Shola said it, when he plays and he's, on, and he's on top of his game, he can create space. He can drag defenders left and right and make space for, for his peers as well. So, yeah, so I, I agree with those sentiments. I think if they can keep Sterling fit and firing, I think they, I think they, can, be, they can be decent. But I'll just add something that for people not to get overly gassed on this whole Chelsea thing. Chelsea are currently, yes, they're getting better slightly. But they aren't beating anyone that they're not supposed to beat. Oof. That's yeah, they, they, yeah. The teams that they've beaten are teams that they should actually be beating, just based on the fact that they've got better players. So yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't, yeah, I won't be too scared of Chelsea just yet. They might get to the point where they, yeah, they get, they get proper scary. But for now, if we're being honest, Sterling, Jackson, Palmer, and Gallagher shouldn't scare Arsenal because that's the next game. That should not scare Arsenal. So, speaking of that next, so speaking of that next game, what would you guys predict? Starting with you, Alex, what would you predict for that game? If, if obviously no, no, um, internet, no injuries during this international break. Yeah, there no, no injuries. If it's a, if it's a, where is it? If it's Emirates, is it Emirates? No, no, it's a way, it's a way, it's a way. Okay, a little bit trickier, but uh, you got. I think it'll be two one Arsenal or one one. You, yeah, at least you get is a draw. Right. Fair enough. What about you, Shola? Yeah, I, I agree. Same prediction with Alex. I don't see Chelsea winning, getting three points from this. All right. I, I'm, 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 with, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. Though I feel like we, we, we can dig them three one. Um, as long as we don't get caught on the break, I think what Declarais uh, helps us with that quite a bit. He usually mops up in front of the defense and also he's able to chase players down when they kind of escape. You don't see a lot. We play quite a high line. But you really don't see a lot of teams escaping like that. I think the only team that has escaped and managed to score a, a goal where nobody was even next to him was um, Ganacho. And even then, it was ruled out. It was ruled out for offside. So, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know. Um, but I think moving forward, when they face a few big teams coming up, they might get some decent luck from there. Um, you know, a lot of, quite a few Chelsea fans were, were creaming about Palmer. You know, I mean, he did score a pen, but, you know, but he's been creating chances, and we'll see that. We'll see how that works out. And uh, finally, before we leave, I guess we have to talk about the team at the top of the table. You know, they managed to escape Luton with um, with um, it's a one nil victory. And uh, funny enough, I feel like Shola was actually the one that caused them to actually get that goal because Shola started talking about how Tottenham do this every year. And I wanted to tell you that, dude, just wait until the game is finished before you put your bad belay aside. And lo and behold, Madison gets, <laughs> gets an assist and he got that def- Dutch defender gets a headed goal. I mean, Shola, what, what, how do you see Tottenham? I mean, how long can they keep this up? I mean, it's like we talk about it every week, that how long can they keep it up? Should we just wait and see how it goes? <laughs> Man, with Tottenham, right? You see, Tottenham have a very good start in the level. But outside that... Like the bench, really they call you have guys like Skip, you know, like what they have on the bench, like it's just like what is this? So I, I'm not. I mean, I think they'll definitely be in the top five race, but 
I expect, you know, you know, in my opinion, right? I believe the season really, really starts in December or like November, December. That's when I personally believe the season really starts. That's when you really begin to see what teams are actually made of. Because to be fair, you know, Spurs have beaten teams pretty much, maybe, yeah, they've beaten teams they've expected to beat, maybe except United. But yeah, there's business teams that they expect to beat Luton, Sheffield United, you know, those kind of teams. So yeah. I think they're, you know, the only, it's, I mean, fair enough, they got a point up against Arsenal, which is really good. But there's just something about that Tottenham team that just doesn't, I'm just not convinced. Maybe it's the depth in the squad. I don't know. Or maybe it's just Tottenham's yeah. history. I, did, I, I think I, it's a bit of both, Chilla. I think it's a bit yeah, of both. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a yeah. bit of both because, like, I, I look at the Tottenham team. Yeah, they're playing great. All, it's all nice and good. But at the same time, all they have to do is lose two. If they lose their next, if they lose two games, they can easily drop to like sixth or seventh. And I like what you said there that they beat teams that they were supposed to beat. So, somewhere like Liverpool that collected it. Uh, nah, nah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was waiting for that. Oh, you know, I actually forgot they played Liverpool. <laughs> Come on, Alex. What's the, what's the way for our replay? You know? <laughs> but anyway, no, no. Yeah, I think, I think, I think uh, the Spurs thing is it's, it's quite interesting because. When you see them playing now, attacking football, and they they seem to have this thing about them now. This a little bit of siege mentality. Players like Romero, Son, like they they're taking that leadership thing on 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 their shoulders and they're running with it. So it's working at the moment. It's working for them. But where I think they will they will fall apart is when they, when they start getting one or two injuries. And they've got one now. They've got one in Solomon. He's injured. So that's just one. So now, when you look at the squad, the only person that can come off the bench now is uh, is Richarlison or Brendan Johnson, one of them. If they get one more injury, it's maybe a Son or Madison, they're done. Mm-hmm. And we know it's a it's a it's a relentless league Premiership. When we when we hit December, January, when we spend, when players start picking up niggles, I think that's when they might come yep. on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, the only, that, yeah. that's my point. Yeah. Yeah, right. the only saving grace is that they're playing one game a week. So if if Ange can somehow get lucky with injuries, they can hang they can hang in there. But they, obviously, I don't even think I don't even think they're they're tied to challenges. If I'm being brutally honest, I think come December they will start fighting for top four. Would they make top four? Probably, but that's what they should be aiming for. This whole title talk is just is a joke. Alright, fair enough. I hope it's a joke. I, I admit I, I believe it's actually one as well. But like I said, you know, we never know with football, so I hope it is one as well. And um uh, I guess that brings us um to the end of today's episode. Um thank you all. But just before we go, I, oh, I, yeah, I, I just want to give a, just a very quick hot take. By the next yeah. international break, yeah. Liverpool will be top of the table. Next it's actually have I don't think that's a hot take. No, that's a okay, hot take. I, just, that's I a don't hot think take. that's a personally. I don't think that's a hot take because if I'm actually going to be honest with you, I have Liverpool winning the league this year. <laughs> oh, okay. that's why. That's why you don't think it's a hot take. I'm yeah. telling you. No, that's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's a hot take right now. Now, 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 now let me tell you why I think. Let, let me tell you why, why I said that. All right, go on. Because I've looked at me. I, I look at football in six D, not not even two or three D, six D. I looked at our next few right. fixtures for <laughs> not just Liverpool. 
for Arsenal, for basically for our rivals. We, okay. We've got Everton. At, we've got Everton at home. Mm-hmm. We've got Forest at, Forest at home. We've got Luton away. We've got mm-hmm. Brentford at home before we play Man City. I think from those four games, we're getting maximum points. Nothing less. And some of the other big teams play each other. So I think mm. some of them are going to drop points there because we're only three points up the top. And it, and, and mm. I think if we get maximum points from our next four games, we'll be there or thereabouts. That's why I personally think. It, a lot of people haven't actually noticed that we've played we've played eight games. Five of them have been away. We've, we've gone away to Newcastle, Brighton, Chelsea and Tottenham. So that's mm. four very hard games we've already gotten rid of already. And only mm. three points up the top. So I'll, I'll, let's not slip on Liverpool. That's all I'll say. All right. Actually, listening to what you said there, that actually makes a lot a lot of sense. Looking at the fixtures as well, the fixtures does look like as if Liverpool can actually be close to the top, or at least top by the next international break. We'll see if Arsenal can stop you. You know, I trust my <laughs> I trust my boys to you know to, to 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 do what they do. But funny enough, you actually where you said it, I didn't I didn't actually think your fixtures were that clean until you just said it like that. So that's fine. We can I I can I can live with that. You know, I know Shola is a bitch boy. That's why Shola is like, yeah, don't worry. I have you guys as best with the league. You know, when you ain't got shit to play for, that's what you say. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying it since summer that Liverpool are finishing the top two. So I don't know what you're talking I beg, about. I beg, I beg, Please, please leave your page two, page two stores by the side, I beg. We are with Chelsea guys. Wait, we're ninth. We're on page one. Please, we're ninth. Oh, you're ninth now. We're the tenth. I shall know we're on page one. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. It's really wild. Anyway, sure. thank you all very much for listening. Um, Alex, Shola, thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone that listens every day. Um, you guys have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.